It's time for JT the Brick. This is about as good as it gets. <laughs> it is. There's some legends here. Now, no doubt right? about it. I can't believe the Raiders had Cliff Branch and Fred Belenikoff um, on the same team, but uh, <laughs> but they had they had such a dynamic team. JT the Brick. I just love the. I don't know. I just love the Raiders. I, I'm, I'm not sure why. Growing up in Kansas, I love John Madden and Mark Van Egan. Mark Van Egan. Mark Van Egan. Yeah. Um, guys like that. I just I don't know. I just love the Raiders for some reason. Jackpot, baby. And now here's JT the Brick. T, welcome back, everybody. JT here in Vegas, back from my excursion to Florida. And now I'm here, and I'm here for free agency as we begin here on Raider Nation Radio, the flagship. Let's keep it going here as we're waiting on Raider news and free agency. It's been quiet here in the first hour here. It's been very quiet here, but the Jacksonville Jaguars are jumping out. Also, the Green Bay Packers retaining one of their best defensive players will go through Everybody, as they come on the board or come off the board in free agency here, a Raider needs is what we're looking at today. You don't have to be specific. I don't need a deep dive into a player. I want to know what you think the priority should be for the silver and black. Is it offensive line? You have one choice. I'm not looking to be all over the board today. This is a March Madness. We're picking 68 teams. Looking for one position group that the Raiders have to get to Wednesday or Thursday and be improved at. I think the offensive line is the answer. If you think it's wide receiver or you want to go the secondary where some of the big names are available, the biggest names at the cornerback position with ties, with ties to New England, Stephon Gilmore and J.C. Jackson, uh, Casey Hayward is a name that's available. Look through some of the names across the league. What do the Raiders need to do to get one of them? A lot of rumors on the Honey Badger and his availability and where that move is going to happen here. Brandon Sheriff intends to sign with the Jaguars. A really good, solid career with what he's been able to do up front. One of the premier, premier guards out there. I think the Raiders have a need at guard, but if they're moving Leatherwood to guard, they're not going to get off of Leatherwood. They're not going to cut him. You just drafted him in the first round. Then you look at the other guard position, you try to mix and match. Can you get a star? at the right tackle position or one of the guards? Or do you want to go down a different road with the center in free agency? So if you are a Raider fan and you want to get someone, the big move on the offensive line, guys are flying off the board. Jarvis Landry released. Would that be the type of receiver that you think would fit with the Raiders? I do. I like his ability to make plays, and he's dealt with a lot of chaos lately. Jarvis Landry, there's been a lot of chaos baker mayfield odell beckham jr him would this be a good get out of jail free card for him in cleveland and come to the raiders and i don't i don't he is a number one he is a number one but to me he's not an elite number one could he potentially get there again with a guy like Derek carr and josh mcdaniels of course he can and then we look at the defensive side and what the raiders need to do on defense after locking up max crosby to his long-term deal And I think Max Crosby is going to be fitting in into Patrick Graham's new system and exactly what he wants to do going forward. You know, a lot of talk, and again, I haven't been able to interview him uh, yet. Hopefully we're going to be able to figure out what he's going to want to do coming up here in the near future with the 4-3 or a 3-4. He's been talking about this extensively on how this hybrid defense, he just wants the best players to fit into his system, which will evolve. Uh, Absolutely. Um, I think the thing you got to start off with, and I'm sure you've heard it, and more and more teams are going to it, whether 
we're making it's public or not, but like the, the game is sub defense, period, point blank. So, you know, whether it's, you know, you know, 11 personnel that we're seeing from teams or the 12 personnel that plays like 11 personnel. And the way we combat that a lot of times is playing sub defense. So when I say sub defense, now you get into the four two five world of it, you know, wh- whatever the spacing is four down, uh, five down, three down, however the spacing is, but you're really dealing in the world of five DBs on the field at once and four bigger bodies with two, you know, the linebacker deal. So like to me, the four, three, the three, four discussions, I mean, it's, it's almost like it's antiquated to be honest with you. And what, we, what we're dealing with is sub. So there's plenty, I mean, when you talk about sub defense, do you have guys on the team that can rush the passer? Yes. Do you have guys on the team that can stop the run? Yes. Do you have guys that can cover, that have shown they could cover in the past? Yes. So to answer your question, Vinny, that those are the three major things I'm looking for aside from tackling. So, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good with that. Yeah, I like that. I like Patrick Graham and what he brings here with the way he's looking for players who can make plays. And then he'll tell you when available on what they're going to do in a certain scheme. And it'll be very easy to see. So the big takeaway from Patrick Graham's full press conference, which I watched, is the fact that he wants players who can be hybrid-type players evolve, come on and off the field in certain down-and-distance situations and be playmakers. Something that I think, other than Max Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe, Perryman, had a Pro Bowl year. Uh, If you look at this team, and I love the play of Trayvon Merrick because he's a young player who played a lot, they got to get more guys who can evolve and be playmakers here. And that's going to be really important coming in. So, Devondre Campbell got a boatload of money from Green Bay. He just signs there, one of the best defensive players, Ian Rappaport reporting. Also, Bill Huber from SI. Uh, the Packers re-signed Devondre Campbell, one of the best defensive players in football. Uh, details on that, $50 million over five years. So, one of the better defensive players who will be staying with the Green Bay Packers, which I think is a pretty good move. One or two more from Patrick Graham from his initial press conference here as they've released the coaches and given the coaches the opportunity to speak to the media is about the good players that he wants going forward, the quality players who are going to bring a little bit more to this organization because they can evolve into potential pro bowlers. Well, Dave and Josh and Champ, those guys, they handle all the personnel stuff. Here's why we're talking. I think I can't see your name, but I think you said Josh, correct? Yeah, Josh, the thing I want, I want good players. <laughs> you give me good players, I'm good. Whether I work with them before or not, I mean, I trust our coaches. I trust my ability to coach and teach. I mean, give us good players. We'll be we'll be good to go, and, you know, we'll, we'll do our best. So the guys that are here, the guys that are going to be here, that I'll take those guys. I don't need a, a requirement of guys from the past. I don't need, we don't need any of that. We just want good football players. I like into the team concept and the, the concept that Josh is uh, putting forward there in terms of how he wants this team to look. Yeah, I like what he's saying. I like what he's saying about the concept of the type of players they're looking for. It might sound vague to you, but it's the Patriot way. It's the Patriot way. And with Graham, with his background, with the Giants and the defense, we remember the Giant defense and what they did to the Raiders and that bend-don't-break philosophy and how they tried to get the most out of the players they had. And I thought he had an inferior roster there. It's very important that Patrick Graham, coming out of free agency, gets at least two new starters 
on top of the core players that he has up front, including Max Crosby. 702-365-9200. Raider fans, what's the, what's, what's the one position group you think that the Raiders need to target immediately? And I mean immediately here in the next couple of days of free agency. Jump on board and we'll get you in. As we're brought to you by Doghouse Saloon, the best place to watch the NCAA tournament is Doghouse Inside Resorts World, the newest property on the Strip. There's not a bad seat in Doghouse to watch the game. Plus, there's a sports book on site to place your bets. Incredible food and drink specials followed by an amazing after party. Live entertainment, our official home for the NCAA tournament, Doghouse Saloon. Inside Resorts World. All right, we got him. One of the premier names in NFL insiders out there. He has a brand new book that comes out tomorrow, Playmakers, How the NFL Really Works and Doesn't. You can get it wherever books are sold. Go to Amazon.com. Mike Florio, kind enough to join us. Mike, good to talk to you again. Congratulations on the book. How are you? Thank you, pal. I'm doing great. And uh, thanks for having me. How's everything? Really good. Tell me about the concept of the book. And when you put together a book, you know you got to sell it. You got to deal with marketing. You got to deal with, you know, publishing companies. When was the concept where you sat down and said, "This is what you wanted to do next"? Well, it's it's a process that takes so long, start to finish. Writing the book was the easy part. The book basically wrote itself once we knew what it was going to be. I've had people for years saying, "Boy, you know a lot about the NFL. You should write a book about it." And Assuming they weren't kidding, I kept hearing it, and I decided I was sick of hearing it, so the only way to stop hearing it was to actually do it. And that really is one of the reasons why I did it, one of the big reasons why I did it. you got to find an agent. you got to sell the concept. You get a publisher on board. You work on the structure. You work on the format. You work on the outline. And that seems to be the thing that takes so much of the time. Once you do that, especially for something like this, which is a – a look back at the last 20 years and a bunch of different anecdotes and stories and controversies and scandals. Once we had it hammered out what the approach was going to be, what the structure was going to be, it fell together quickly. I wrote it fast, but it really is a slow process, starting with a general concept. I'm going to write a book about the NFL, leading you to an agent, leading you to a publisher. And by the time it's time to start with the first sentence of the book, you have a pretty good idea where it's going to go, and hopefully hopefully it goes in a direction that people will find interesting. Ultimately, at the end of the day, that's the goal. You want to create something that people will want to read. Mike Florio joins us. So, Mike, what's the hook to the book? Well, it's the title, How the NFL Really Works and Doesn't, and it is a, a history lesson, basically, of the past 20 years. It's a good way for people who followed the league closely to – Number one, refresh their memory about all the many things that have gone on since really 2000, 2001, until six months ago when we closed the manuscript. It gives you an understanding when you look at all of the different essays. And they're all 750 to 1,000 words. Some are a little bit longer than that, but that's the sweet spot for most of them. I don't have the attention span to write much more than that. I assume people don't have the attention span to read much more than that at once, but once you read all of it, you do emerge with an understanding of what the NFL does well, what it doesn't do well, what it needs to do better. And one of the unavoidable conclusions is the NFL is going to continue to make a ton of money no matter how it handles its business, no matter what it does right, what it does wrong, what it does differently. Through it all, it's going to continue to make more and more money because people can't get enough of the product. 
Mike Florio joins us. So, Mike, a couple of big topics I want to touch on. First off, as it's fluid and Deshaun Watson's going to make a decision on where he's going to go, I love the way you covered it from a legal perspective. And once I knew that Rusty Harden was involved, I'm doing this over 25 years. I remember Clemens, the other clients he had. I knew that Rusty Harden was being so close to the vest on this that he was planning on clearing his name period, just clearing his name or there were going to be settlements along the way. You were on top of all this. What has surprised you about what's happened in the last 48 hours or so and where he can end up going forward? Well, I'm not surprised he didn't get indicted. I always wondered where the crime was in the allegations that were made. There were 22 and still are 22 women who allege misconduct in the context of massage therapy sessions that resulted in a civil claim. That's different. That's a lower standard. The complaints, there were nine of them. Only two of them were ever regarded as truly problematic and potentially amounting to violations of the law, but I don't think those two held up well under scrutiny. It's one thing to make your allegations. It's another thing to have your allegation subject to tough and fair questions as to the who, what, where, when, why, and what exactly occurred that makes you think that there's criminal behavior here. So I'm not surprised, ultimately, that he wasn't indicted. I am surprised that there's been so much reporting about this team's interested and that team's interested and that team's interested. None of that matters until we know who he's interested in, because he's got the ultimate hammer in the no-trade clause. Mm -hmm. And I think that whether it's happening deliberately or spontaneously, the Texans and Watson both benefit from having as many teams tied to this as possible because the more teams that get in play, maybe teams that will come to the table, and then there's a, a maximum universe from which Watson can say, these are the teams I'll play for, and then those teams can negotiate with the Texans the best possible deal. Mike Florio is our guest. Mike, Bruce Allen hired me, and I've worked for John Gruden on two stents, as you know, with the Raiders. What is the update? What do you think happens next with the Gruden lawsuit with the NFL? Well, what happens next literally is by April 4, there will be another round of paperwork filed by the NFL, the final briefing in support of the league's motion to dismiss the case that Gruden filed and the effort to get the case into arbitration. An oral argument is set for April 13. Courts rarely rule from the bench at an oral argument unless it's a slam dunk, and that doesn't happen all that often. So I suspect at some point after April 13 we'll get a ruling. But there's really a strong effort by the NFL to force arbitration. The NFL wants arbitration of every possible claim against it for a couple of reasons. Number one, you take it out of court. You put it into a secret private process. Number two, these arbitrations are all rigged so that the commissioner or his representative is the one who handles the arbitration and issues the ruling, which always slants these things in favor of the teams and ultimately the league. And I've read John Gruden's initial written submission opposing the motion to compel arbitration. It sounds like the league's trying to bootstrap together an argument based on language in the Constitution and bylaws. And I don't quite get what the league is trying to do other than come up with anything that it can to try to force the case to arbitration. So that's going to be an interesting skirmish, and it's going to be months from the filing of the case until just that threshold answer, does the case go forward in court or not? And we may not get that answer until the middle of May, if not late May, depending upon when the court issues what will be 
you know, a 10 to 12 page, maybe even longer written ruling that explains whether or not Gruden has to go to arbitration. So I hope the case stays in the public court system because I think it's more fair to everyone and it gives us a way to monitor exactly what happens. Otherwise, it all happens behind closed doors and it's very difficult for the truth to get out there. We're wrapping it up with Mike Florio. His new book will tell you where to buy it, what to do tomorrow. Mike, one more follow-up on that. Let's say that Gruden has the advantage here because he was an employee of ESPN and not an employer of the NFL at times, and the NFL overreached. Gruden's got deep pockets. He's got great attorneys, and he wants to clear his name. We talked about Deshaun Watson wanting to clear his name. Would there have to be an apology at some point by the NFL? in any type of settlement to give him an opportunity to coach again? No, they'd never apologize. I think that either the settlement will speak for itself, although these settlements typically have non-disclosure clauses in them, or he needs to push for a verdict in open court. Already you can see that what's happening in Gruden's case, and it's something that happens in plenty of cases like this, it's almost like it's two different realities when you look at the paperwork from the two sides. The NFL is going to hammer on the emails that he sent, and based on the emails that he sent, he got what he deserved. doesn't matter whether or not any rights were violated. doesn't matter whether or not any rules were broken. doesn't matter whether or not any information that should have been kept secret was deliberately disclosed to the media to create a groundswell that forced him out. All that matters is look at these emails he sent. From Gruden's perspective, it's, The emails don't matter. It's how you handled them. It's what you did to me. It's what you did with these emails and what you, in theory, could do to other people. So between those two opposing views, they clash and someone figures out what the truth is. And that's why I hope it goes to court, because you will have two different realities. A judge, a jury will figure out whether or not rights were violated. And I think that's where Gruden gets his his ultimate vindication. And at the end of the day, I don't know that any amount of money that he wins in this lawsuit is going to clear the way for him to come back to the NFL. And that's the other side of it, too, whether or not there's collusion among the teams loosely agreeing to freeze this guy out the way that Colin Kaepernick got frozen out. Very different context, very different reasons. But when you've got 32 independent businesses coming together making decisions not to hire someone, you get yourself into potentially significant responsibility under the law and for Gruden because there's no union at play he really could file an antitrust claim against the 32 teams for for deliberately freezing him out now again he's always going to have to deal with those emails because the the reason for not hiring him is those emails but if those emails end up being treated as privately as the rest of the 650,000 documents that the NFL refuses to release we never know about it Mark Davis knows about it but he's the one who makes the decision on his own whether or not he wants to proceed without the public pressure that resulted from that media leak. So I get it. I understand John Gruden did something he shouldn't have done. But at the same time, somebody who had access to those emails yeah. weaponized them against John Gruden. And it's that that's just wrong. That two wrongs don't make a right, and two wrongs happened here. Hey, Mike, a $35 Jose Canseco book on steroids got the whole world of MLB to Congress at the Rayburn building, sitting down there with commissioners, Sosa McGuire, Palmero, Jose Canseco on a book that some people didn't think was much to do in the beginning, and it turned out to get everybody in front of a congressional hearing. Isn't this a lot bigger than a Jose Canseco book? Oh, absolutely. The Gruden thing? Absolutely. The The Gruden thing has the potential to explode in a way 
that tarnishes the NFL for years to come, takes down people high up in the league office if they're the ones who leaked it, takes down Daniel Snyder if he's the one who leaked it. Look, we don't know who leaked it, but I do know this. Not many people had access to these emails, and it was either somebody connected to the NFL or it was somebody connected to Snyder. It's, there's no middle ground here, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be impossible to track down footprints digitally as to who sent those emails out, because my guess is whoever did it didn't think that they were stepping into any sort of a problem, and it should be relatively easy to figure out who did it. That's why the NFL is trying so hard to knock this thing out. Mike, last one about you personally, the book coming out. The fact that you're one of the only NFL insiders, and you're connected to Sunday Night Football, the biggest TV show on all the television, and you continue to cover these stories that are really important to fans who don't feel like they have a voice. I understand why people at NFL Network can't dive into this. They work for the NFL, ESPN, a partner. You're a partner. Every day when you get up and you see these stories and want to go in-depth on it, especially from a legal perspective, where is the line drawn for you on how far you can go covering it? I don't know. We'll find out if I ever cross it. (laughs) I don't know where it is. I mean, look, here's the bottom line. Because the NFL has an army of reporters that are on the payroll who are getting paid by the entity that they cover, because it is, by definition, state media, and because the NFL has these relationships with a place like ESPN, which the NFL bullied into dropping the very popular and critically acclaimed TV show Playmakers, which is why I picked the title of this book, as an awareness of the NFL's power over its customers. Customers always right, except when the seller is the NFL. I feel a greater obligation to be the one who pushes back because they feel that that they should expect everyone who covers the NFL and who is in partnership with the NFL to act like the people who get a paycheck that literally is signed by Roger Goodell. And I refuse to do it. I credit NBC for supporting me in that regard because it would be very easy for the NFL to, to twist arms and, uh, you know, have me thrown overboard. And who knows, maybe this book is the thing you'll pick up. Maybe we'll find out where the line is somewhere in the pages of this book. Playmakers, how the NFL really works and doesn't. Out tomorrow, wherever books are sold, I recommend Amazon.com. Mike will have it all up at Pro Football Talk. We'll retweet it. Mike, continued success. Thanks for making time for me. Thanks, JT. Thanks for having me, Tom. I appreciate you. Mike Florio, nice to get him today with the book coming out tomorrow. And, And what he said at the end there is very interesting to me. Everybody who's involved with the NFL has to be careful about what they say. The NFL is the hammer. They have the power. You know, I work at Sirius at night. They also own NFL radio, right? So you can't go in there with conspiracy theories every night on my show saying this or that happened. Well, Mike Florio is one of the only members of the media that covers these stories extensively. And they're massive stories. I'm not talking about taking down the NFL. I don't want to take down the NFL. I make a living off the NFL. I love the NFL. I want the NFL to flourish, but when they overreach and things happen, the Gruden emails, Deshaun Watson, whatever the case may be, what they know, what they don't know, we need to know about it. Okay, I'm not talking about Watergate and Woodwin and Bernstein. It's like Mike Florio and no one else. Am I right? It's Mike Florio and nobody else. And he has that agreement with NBC that he can do that, and maybe that's one of the reasons why the NFL can't come after Florio for being such a harsh critic of these stories that break. You want to have respected journalists 
breaking news. I am not one of them. I'm a bloviator talk show host. That's what I do, and we do some content here that I'm very proud of. And usually interviews with people that most people can't get because of my track record over 25 years. But I introduced Mike Florio. Mike Florio has the guts to cover this story. And he had a lot to say on the Gruden emails and what's going to happen. He says they won't apologize to him. I know Coach Gruden pretty well. He wants to clear his name. The emails make it difficult because what he wrote in the emails he wrote. And he's going to have to live with that. But the way they went and overreached and got those emails, and as Mike said, forensically, they should be able to figure out who leaked this crap. And that person should be held accountable. And the Raiders didn't have a fair shot because NFL partners, owners, and other people knew that those emails existed, and they didn't tell Mark Davis at the appropriate time so Mark Davis could make a coaching change and not have to go to an interim head coach who fortunately turned out to be a very good interim head coach in Rich Passaccia, as we know that. A very complicated year, and you know, I'm not going to talk about it much until there's breaking news again. The Deshaun Watson story is interesting to me because, again, I have him in the elite category. Elite. Not good. Not very good. Deshaun Watson is a superstar quarterback. And he's been dealing with these personal allegations of what he did or did not do. And they've cleared his name legally. Now, there could be some individual lawsuits along the way. But it seems like he's out of the smoke screen where he can come back. Don't know what the commission is going to say. He's got to deal with this. The commission has got to say if he's clearly ready to go. And remember, Deshaun Watson still has the power to veto a trade. And Houston still has the power to turn down trade offers. So I believe that Deshaun Watson will end up with Carolina because Carolina, A, needs a quarterback. He went to college not too far away at Clemson. Okay, everybody's going to get fired at Carolina if they don't get the quarterback right. And if he gets it right, he's going to be great, and that team will compete for Super Bowls. Remember, the elite, super elite quarterbacks that are left, the super elites, Tom Brady's back, Patrick Mahomes is in Kansas City, Russell Wilson is in Denver. Deshaun Watson is available. Don't know where he's going to go. Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. So when you look at the super elite, the quarterbacks who can change it all, those are pretty much it. And then there's a bunch of really damn good quarterbacks, and Vegas has one of them in Derek Carr. But to be super elite, and Deshaun Watson, there's no tread off the tire. He hasn't played. He's not coming off an ACL or an injury. So he'll get himself going again, and whoever gets him is going to have a super elite quarterback. I tell you, Pittsburgh would have been a great fit for him, but I don't know what the Rooney family wants to do. And I don't know if there's certain organizations that would stay away from Deshaun Watson just because of the allegations. When you get involved with 21 women, 21 who are involved in some type of lawsuit against you, there are going to be some owners in this league that go, no no chance. I don't want anything like that. But there's going to be some other teams that go, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to get fired as the GM or the head coach if I don't get me a quarterback here. And he's one of those that can move the needle. A lot of quarterback news. The big news is obviously what's going on with Tom Brady. T.J. Reeves, the Buccaneers sideline reporter, great friend of the show. Kind enough to join us coming up. And not a huge day so far with NFL free agency. But we'll get to a couple of the breaking news stories. Colt McCoy, $6 million fully guaranteed to come back with the Cardinals. That's part of the quarterback market, Raider Nation Radio.
inevitably some quarterbacks going to get hurt or not perform at the level. And uh, how are you going to yeah. entertain those thoughts? And would you ever consider that? You know, I'm just going to take things as they come. You know, I think that's the best way to put it. You know, you never say never. You know, at the same time, I know that I'm very, I feel very good about my decisions. So I don't know how it feels six months from now. Change, it most likely won't. You know, I try to make the best possible decision I can in the moment, which I did this last week. And again, I think it's not looking to, you know, reverse course. I'm definitely not looking to do that. In the same time, I think you have to be realistic that you never know what, what, what challenges there are going to be in life. Again, I love playing. I'm looking forward to doing things other than playing. That's as honest as I can be with you there, Jim. Tom Brady on his podcast with Jim Gray. JT, back with you. Just came back from my Florida trip. Nine, ten days. South Florida, if I was up in Tampa in the Sarasota area, I would have hooked up with my guy, the Bucks sideline guy, because there's always news coming from that region. T.J. Reeves joins us on the Brady News coming back. How are you, T.J.? Oh, my Fox Sports Radio alumni brother from another mother. I missed you. You were down just a couple of hours to the south of me, tearing it up down in the Naples-Fort Myers area. That's fantastic. Glad you were in the state. But that, that wasn't the biggest news in Florida. I guess this would be the biggest news in Florida and everywhere the NFL uh, and around the world of sports, uh, at least in this country, uh, to have Tom Brady walk right back in the door that was left open for him by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I love those comments because that was the week after the retirement. And I kept saying to everybody, that's not a no. On the question of are you retired for good, that's not a no. And it turns out it wasn't a no, JT, and he's back. Could you ever dream of being in a situation where you get the greatest player of all time, the GOAT, and now you get breaking news around him, and the breaking news is great that he's coming back over 5,000 yards. I thought he should have been the MVP over Rodgers. I did. I think it's a stat award. He didn't miss a game like Rodgers did for being immunized, not vaccinated. I just thought that Brady was the MVP. So he takes his time. So he unretires. Who cares? He's Tampa to try to win another championship in a division which I believe that they are the dominant team on paper again. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you've got uh, Matt Rule, who, uh, other than Bruce Arians now, is the second tenured coach, and he's 0-4 against Tom Brady. you got Arthur Smith going into year two with Atlanta. Uh, he's 0-2 against Tom Brady. And you got Dennis Allen, who you know from the Raiders, who is now going to take over the helm of the New Orleans Saints as a first-year coach. Good luck. Even though the Saints have had the Buccaneers' number and Brady's number the last two years, uh, there's going to be some revenge on his mind. So, yes, the division, not unlike the AFC East, the division is very favorable to get five or six wins and get, your own, get you on your way to a 10, 11, 12-win season, which is what you're looking for uh, for this team. So I, I cannot convey to you enough how much excitement there has been now over the last about 20 hours since this news came out. I was told... Uh, earlier today, that he informed Bruce Arians and Jason Light on Sunday afternoon. He had called them from Sunday night in England, or maybe he was returning from England where he'd been at the Manchester United game. But obviously the news did not leak out with all the college basketball and the selection show going on. Then he chose to announce it right after that. So I guess Tom Brady was wanting to fill his bracket out, JT, before the news <laughs> came out about 7.10, 7.15 Eastern time last night. TJ Reeves is our guest. So how much do you think the impact of the soccer trip to see Ronaldo and Manchester United and the Glazer family, and this had to be brewing because he's there, there, and then he's agreeing to terms. So that's what makes this TJ so dramatic for me is he's got Giselle, he's got the kids, 
He's got Tampa. He didn't go back to the Super Bowl. He's going across the pond to sit down with ownership. Man, there was a lot going on behind the scenes here over the last three or four days. Yeah, that was, you're exactly right. That was not a coincidence that he was at that game right around the time that he's making this decision that I am going to come back and we are going to do this. And uh, who knows? We'll find out in the coming days, weeks, months, and, and maybe a year from now on what else was maybe promised to him. I mean, the speculation is out there. Was there maybe a piece of ownership for Manchester United maybe coming his way? That's something that he's interested in. And we, we have to understand in this country, Manchester United is like the New York Yankees, your team, your Yankees. It's like the, it's like the Dallas Cowboys. They are, they are a worldwide brand. And so maybe that's part of this. Again, that's me speculating here. But clearly that was not an accident, JT, that he was there. And obviously having some conversation with the Glazer family while he was there. And I think it's, uh, it's also uh, fitting and very telling. He was down on the pitch, not the field, down on the pitch, well after everything was over. Ronaldo is obviously uh, arguably one of the top two or three soccer players of this generation. Ronaldo had gotten a hat trick in the game. So they're down there after everything's over and everybody's gone and somebody's rolling video and you can hear Ronaldo say something to the effect of, are you done? So you're done. And he says something like one more, one more back to him. Mm -hmm. Like I now have the juices flowing. Brady said it back to him one more and here we go with one more, maybe two more. I don't know, but you'll take one more right now if you're a, a Buccaneer fan. And by the way, I have a quick update. As you know, I told you off the air, I'm at a theme park here in Tampa Bay. I'm at the Bush Gardens Tampa Bay theme park with the wife and the twins. I can't tell you, I have lost count at about 15 different Tom Brady shirts, jerseys, and hats at the theme park today. So Tampa Bay embracing TB12 return. No doubt, as we wrap it up with TJ Reeves. So you can't bring everybody back, and they did. They brought literally everybody back. That re-signing parade they went on last year was incredible to try to roll it back. When teams say, hey, let's roll it back after winning a championship, no, they literally rolled everybody back. That cannot happen again. There will be changes with this team, and if you look at the needs and free agency underway here overall, it won't be the identical team that won the Super Bowl, but Godwin and the franchise, Evans being there, their ability to play defense with great young defense Defensive players, do you think that Bruce Arians and Tom Brady want to retweak this again? And are they on the same page going forward from the head coach to the quarterback? Yeah, I think they are on the same page. Uh, a lot of that was was great for talk shows and the internet and whatever about whether or not there were problems behind the scenes. But clearly, he's back, and they're not going to be able to sign everybody. They lost one of their offensive linemen, Alex Kappa, immediately in free agency to the Bengals, and he got a forty million dollar, ten million per deal with the Bucks just couldn't afford to pay him. And that may happen with the star defensive back Carlton Davis on the open market, where Davis ends up getting twelve, thirteen, fifteen million dollars a year or something like that. And I don't know that the Bucks can afford that. But the key is Godwin is back. Gronkowski never left JT. Gronkowski was still working out at the facility over the course of the last two months. He never retired. You notice that. He knew that door was left open. So Gronk back, Evans back, Godwin back most of the offensive line back, and what happens with Leonard Fournette? Does he resign? And what happens, one more point, with some other guys around the league that now want to come play here for less money to be around Tom Brady? Will they get discounted free agents that are impactful off other teams and other situations that want to come here? We have to stay tuned for that, my friend. One more for TJ Reeves, the Buck sideline guy, last one. That's the key to what they do in Tampa under Brady as they recruit players who want to go in on a quick deal, maybe for less money to win. 
That's not going to be Brady's legacy, but it's a part of his legacy from the discounted contracts in New England where he always got fresh new money that comes in. Whenever he does a discounted deal, not a lot of people report on the new money he gets that's guaranteed (laughs) and how that all fits in. But it really is something that I talk about in Vegas and people talk about in Texas and Florida. And you talk about no state taxes as a way to get a player to think short term yeah, I'll do this again to reset the market in a year or two with my contract. Oh, and I'll get a chance to play with the GOAT, Tom Brady. Yeah, that's very true. And you got beautiful weather, obviously, as you know. You just experienced it. You don't have the same uh, maddening traffic every which direction that a lot of major cities have. It's a lot laid back, and there's a lot of appeal here. And Let's just see if some guys are willing to take less uh, to come and be here and, and go for another ring. And look, in this situation, you're playing with house money. You already won a Super Bowl. You already came back and followed that up with a 13-win season. As you alluded to, he was phenomenal at the end of last year. He was healthy. He was throwing laser beams even in the playoffs against the Eagles and the Rams. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that Tom Brady is ready to go this fall, the Bucks are dangerous again, even with him being 45 years of age. It's an incredible story, uh, and it's a story that will continue. Mr. Brick. Appreciate your time, my friend. All the best to the family. Thanks for doing this. You call me anytime you need me. Happy March Madness. And TB12 is back. I'm always great to be with you. There he is. TJ Reeves in Tampa. Appreciate his time as we booked him because Tom Brady got announced coming back and he's the sideline reporter for the team. Frequent contributor to the show and no doubt about it, that's a massive deal. Is it bigger than free agency? Yes, it is. It's Tom Brady. He's the greatest player of all time. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. And he resets the competitive balance of the sport. If they don't have him, they're a mess. They can move in another quarterback, and they have very good players, but not a Super Bowl favorite. Now a Super Bowl favorite again. Now, I'm not forgetting about the Rams and what the Rams did winning the Super Bowl. Not forgetting that. But they had the Rams. It took Stafford to make that great, great throw late in the game to beat Brady as Brady had that awesome comeback, and I thought playing for overtime and the opportunity to win. It's incredible about Brady. Two things that blow me away. How he developed in. He's a backup when he came into the league. And he was only going to be a backup. Really, was he drafted to be the fourth quarterback on New England. He turns out to be the greatest of all time. That'll never be achieved again. Never. Never in your lifetime. We will not be here together to talk about that. And secondly, for Brady is his ability, his ability to stay in the mainstream media this many decades. You know, it started with the tuck rule. Now we're sitting here in 2022, and he's moved the needle more than anybody? That's what's incredible. Guys like Bart Starr, Dan Marino, John Elway, all long gone. Long gone by now when Brady comes back. And his road has always been unique because in New England – he was so great. He had a time when no one else was good in that division, the AFC East, for like a decade. And he just feasted on Super Bowls. Now he's in the NFC South. New Orleans doesn't have their quarterback situation. Carolina, you look at the teams around that division, and you go, man, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. All he's got to do is show up. And he wins the division, gets a home playoff game. Might get a home bye week. And that's what's been so tempting for Brady. What's been so tempting for Brady is he knows if he comes back again, the road is easier. The road is just easier there. You know, if he goes to the NFC West with the Niners or he comes out to the AFC West with Denver or make another team, those who thought Las Vegas, it'd be tough. You know, just getting out of the division is not easy. Getting out of the division that he's in makes it easier.
That's right. So I was just talking to Q about what the Raiders are doing here as he's coming up next. And we both agree that this wasn't going to be a day where the Raiders came out swinging, just swinging and dropping bombs, you know, an hour into free agency. We weren't going to see that here. But does this shape up for a good day for the Raiders as the market is set and they're able to figure out who they want, how they're going to be able to get them? And is it shaping up to be the type of day where the Raiders at the end of the day it could be on Vinny's show, could be here on our show with the breaking news of C.J. Jackson or Stephon Gilmore. I like Stephon Gilmore. I think his value has dropped. I think he has, he's very familiar with these two gentlemen running the Raiders now from football operations. I was always good with that. Like I got Yannick Ngakwe right and others. I always said if you want J.C. Jackson, he is the best player. He's the best player that we have to talk about, but Stephon Gilmore is pretty good in my opinion. And then the other side of the story is, Another topic that I love a lot is blockade. You ever play the game Battleship? You got to block the Chargers. If the Chargers get J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack, along with Derwin James and Joey Bosa, that's tough. Now all of a sudden they're coming into Vegas. You're going into L.A. going, how are you going to get by that? Well, the only way to get by it is you got to have an offensive line that can match theirs. So then you got to see if J.C. Jackson goes to the Chargers, then they have five, five potential pro bowlers on defense. And you better be able to have one on the Raiders' offensive line. Do we all agree? And Colt Miller's not a pro bowler yet, and I think he will be. So you got to have this game of blockade. Maybe you don't want to pay C.J. Jackson what he wants. Maybe you don't. But if the Chargers do, you might have to figure it out to keep him away from the Chargers because Russell Wilson just landed in Denver and I'm not as alarmed as I would have been with Aaron Rodgers, but Russell Wilson's got, he's in the prime of his career right now, and he's getting a fresh location and an offensive head coach because Vic Fangio got fired because he lost the last four against the Raiders. Make it clear, Vic Fangio was fired because he could not beat the Las Vegas Raiders. That's it. Now they have a coach that's getting a fresh start with Russell Wilson. I'm telling you one thing, the Raiders aren't going to be sweeping Denver every year like it was automatic, like I told you with the Drew Locke games and the Teddy Bridgewater game. Automatic, the Raiders are going to win those games. Even though there's some knuckleheads on radio saying, Denver's got the best roster in all of football. No, they don't. No, they don't. They just fired their coach because they can't beat the Raiders. We don't pitch that crap. But now they got Russell Wilson, and they didn't have to give up a ton. They gave up something. How active will they be on the other side of free agency? 702-365-9200. If you have an opinion on what you believe the Raiders need to do, position group, who's your priority? We'll get you in here before the top of the hour. 702-365-9200. Grimaldi's, best pizza I've ever had. Man, I didn't eat any pizza when I was in Florida. But I'm back, and Grimaldi's is my only choice. Yeah, I think it's impossible not to. Um, but, there, you know, there's no solution to it. You look at a guy like Riley Smith who's, who's scoring now. I mean, he went a long period without it. you gotta, you got to keep working. you got to keep going to the well. you got to keep shooting the puck. you got to keep going to those tough areas. Um, you know, you can't let it affect you as much as, as tough as that is. And, you know, we've got some guys 
there that uh, that it's affecting. And and we've got to get you know you got to get. There's no hiding from the fact we got to get a power play goal. We haven't. It feels like forever we haven't had one. So you know we got to we got to get a power play goal. That usually gets you feeling a little better offensively. What the hell's going on since I've been gone with the Golden Knights? What is going on? I don't understand this. This is supposed to be a Stanley Cup product, period, all the time that we're out there. And I know there's injuries, and I know you're not going to be at 100% full strength. I get all that, but come on. I'm looking at the standings here in the Pacific. Edmonton, L.A., and Calgary, all ahead ahead of our Vegas Golden Knights who've lost four in a row. Look, excuses die, the record stands. This team is built to win the Stanley Cup now, period. And their snipers and their goal scorers better wake up or it's going to be one of the most underachieving hockey teams ever put together. I'm great with Eichel. I'm great with Stone. I'm great with Marcia So. I used to be great with Wild Bill. Go down the list. If you're on this team and paid to score goals on offense, you're a center, a left wing, a right wing, get your ass in gear and start scoring goals. All right? I, I was never a big fan of letting Marc-Andre Fleury go because he only would have needed one more year. I've always been a fan of him over Leonard, but you went down that road. We can't change that. But some of these bonus baby goal scorers better wake up. Or, or they were brought in to be stacked. Stacked one behind each other. Stacked one line, two line, three line, four line. And it's now becoming the story of the Vegas Golden Knights. Everybody's unavailable to play. Get them healthy. Get them ready for the playoffs. And then it could be one and done. The matchup can be brutal for them. This is supposed to be a one seed. Two seed at its worst, really disappointing to see the play of the Vegas Golden Knights, who I pulled for to win. Really disappointed. They need to wake up. Ron and Henderson on the Raider flagship. Hello, Ron. Hey, what's up, JT? How you doing, man? Doing well. What's happening? Yeah, uh, well, just to kind of go off topic about what you're saying about the Knights, they're, they're unhealthy. They're kind of in a funk, and mm-hmm. they got to get these together soon or else the season's going to slip away from them. Yes. They can't be playing from behind that much. And, uh, you know, it's just a lot of injuries. It's unfortunate, but, you know, go Knights go. Uh, second, uh, Colin Cowturd is crazy for saying the Donkeys roster is better than him. Well, we've swept them four year, two years in a row, four games back to back to back to back. That is crazy. Yeah, well, most, guys, most, people, most people don't follow the Raiders. They don't follow the Raiders, so they don't know the Raider roster. Last year in my 20-plus years with the team, I've never seen more people underestimate the Raiders roster, never give them a chance for the playoffs because they didn't even know the players. They didn't even know how to pronounce Yannick Ngakwe's name, and they just went low-hanging fruit that Denver's got the better roster. They didn't. Now, bringing in Russell Wilson makes that a very interesting story now because he can win games, Russell Wilson, by himself against the Raiders if the Raiders don't have a big game against him. He's that good. No doubt. And, uh, you know, that, that just made the last year's uh, playoff win so much sweeter. Because we went in and took names and we did what we had to do. You know, we went on a four-game win streak mm-hmm. to technically stay in the playoffs, even though it was the playoffs since the Cleveland game. But, you know, JT, uh, going back to this upcoming season, I want defense, defense, defense. Uh, I want Calais Campbell. I don't care if he's 42 already, but that man can still play. He's a mountain. Uh, I'll go on Stephon Gilmore, Jason Jackson. I just want defense. I, really, I, I just want that ragtag defense that we had you know back in the early 2000s hell bring it back to the 70s for all i care i just want defense because this this is an arms race like you said we gotta block everybody else right and i don't see anybody that's gonna be uh you know a factor 
in uh you know on this defense right now besides Max and Yannick and uh, hopefully Perryman comes back too. But I just I I really want defense. Okay. Defense with championships in this game right now. Thank you for the call. Excellent phone call. Adam Schefter just reporting that Broncos, former Broncos quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, to sign a one-year deal to be the backup in Miami. I thought there'd be some breaking news today. There wasn't. I don't care. I hope it happens during Q's show or Benny's show. They're coming up next. Good to be back. Feel like I didn't miss a day. Good to be back here in Vegas. Yeah. Had a good trip. Good to be back. Seeing the family. Refresh time. And the board is changing now as I'm looking at free agency. Mitchell Trubisky going to the Steelers. Appreciate Mike Florio, TJ Reeves, Jeff Sherman tomorrow from the Westgate. We'll dive more into March Madness and get a couple of sleeper picks and find out what you're doing for the fraternal order of the men of khaki pants who are coming to town. Have a great day, everyone. Yeah.